Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day trial specifically for all you World of Row listeners at www.gameflyoffer.com slash row. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is the World of Row Podcast. And now your host, Standing at 6'4", 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos! Alright folks, let's do this. Sit back, relax, and crank up your audio level to the highest decibel, because you're about to get into the World of Row podcast. I am your host, my name is Ro, or you can call me Roel, or you can call me Junior, if you've listened to episodes 17 and 18, that's what my dad likes to call me. But I mean, I'm okay with you guys calling me that or whatever you want to call me. Just nothing uh, expletive, right? Like, and anyway, this podcast is available to you every single Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. The best way that you can help out my podcast is by taking the time to subscribe to it, give me a five star review. And let everyone know about it. You know, I rely on you guys for for the to spread the spread the seed, if you will. Let everyone know about this amazing podcast because the more listeners, the better. I get more uh, get more traction, if you will. Um, I get I can I can maybe become famous. I don't know. I'm kidding. It's not about fame. I'm just I just want you guys to sh- you know share the wealth, spread the love, tell people about my amazing podcast, and I would really really appreciate it. So thank you. Anyway, guys. Uh, how are y'all doing? How's everything? How's everything been this week for you? It's has it been? Uh, I hope it's been good. You know, uh, I hope you've had your coffee this morning, or if you had your, you know, your energy drink or whatever it is that you do to kind of get your, you know, your day jolted into that or jump started into that right direction. Man, sometimes when I do these things and I, I know what I want to say and they just don't ever come out. Isn't that weird? It's weird, right? It's like if you're writing stuff down, you can write everything down, but when you're trying to say it. You know, you're you're able to just kind of let it channel out. I don't I don't know. It's weird. I struggle with it. And you're like, come on, Ro. It's it's a it's a podcast. You can always edit this out. You know what? I could, but I don't like to because I want to give you guys real, genuine, authentic stuff here. So, um, and that's it. So, uh, I had a great Father's Day. You know, I had to you know work, but I got to spend time with my family. It was good. I think I've already mentioned that in episode 23. So, if you guys noticed, I did a bonus episode Monday night or Tuesday morning. If you subscribe to my podcast, it automatically just kind of uploads for you. Yeah, I, I, I did that. And I had Javi Perez from Ken's 5 on the show. Normally, I wouldn't do something like that. But, you know, I had this extra content availability to release so i said you know what let me do it i got a i got an obligation to to uh to give you guys the best audio content there is out there but i hope you enjoyed that one that one was great you know the week for me has been really good you know just uh you know i i, I take a i get my days off early in the week so it gives me a chance to kind of get things done around the house or i'm working on my podcast stuff i'm you know working on some other things and uh trying to stay busy you know just uh avoiding the heat at all costs and it's just i mean i understand you know some of you guys may live in different parts of the country and you're kind of like well it's not that hot roel and you know actually in texas it's humid you know i had uh jack from the naked diner you know message me and tell me dude it's 95 degrees over there i'm in arizona it's 110 or 115 or whatever he says i'm like yeah dude but it's freaking humid over here like if i take a shower i go outside i'm sweating bullets literally like a minute in Anyway, you know, I did have like a weird, interesting conversation the other day. Not interesting, just weird. Uh, I had a, I talked to a, a friend that I worked with at my previous employer, uh, GameStop, many years ago. Uh, call, I talked to him. He had been calling me a couple of times. So I talked to him and he's asking me what I'm up to. And, you know, I was hanging out with my daughter. You know, we're just talking about what he's doing, what I'm doing. And I told him, you know, I, it's, you know, I, I, I'm real bashful about telling people that I have a podcast sometimes. I don't know if that's weird. I don't know. I don't like to, I don't, I feel like I'm boasting or bragging about it, but he was telling me, he's like, well, what's your podcast about? You know, and I told him what it was about. He's like, well, that doesn't sound interesting. I'm like, well, at least I'm doing something. You freaking, <laughs> I can't say it. It's, it's <laughs> I'm like, I'm, at least I'm doing something. You freaking bum. I'll just say that. All right. I told him that, but it's weird. Cause you know, the, you get detractors out there and you get people who, uh, 
who who feel like, oh, well, you got a podcast. Why don't you go talk about it on your podcast? You know, guess what? I will fucking talk about it on my podcast, and I will talk about whatever I want on my podcast. So it's it's those those detractors. All you're doing is you're adding more, you know, more more fuel to that fire that's on the wood that's letting me you know, explore my creative outlet and put together an amazing podcast week by week. So, you know, there's, um, there's, there's so many people like that. And, 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 and you guys notice it if you're doing something, whether you're, you know, maybe like working out or on a, on a lifestyle change, or if you're, you know, you're, you're playing music, you're writing music or you're drawing or whatever, you're, you're always going to find somebody out there that's going to have something negative to say. So what you need to do is you take your middle finger and you extend it out and you just raise it in their face. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. You just, you don't have to do that, but you can do it in the way of like, Hey, I'm doing this and this is great. So why don't you piss off? That's what I'm trying to say that you should do. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's my week in a nutshell. You're probably like, man, why is, what's going on? Why <laughs> you sound agitated, bro? Well, no, it's not that I'm agitated. It's just, you know, I think people, people like to try to make you feel, you know, down to their level. So what happens is, is you kind of temp, what I did was I temporarily went down to his level and I kind of put him in his place and the conversation ended abruptly. So if he's listening to this, I am talking about you, you know who you are. Anyway, <laughs> lots of great feedback on the podcast, you know, um, I've I've done a couple of of episodes and interviews that I'm banking banking and that you'll hear soon. I don't. It's I guess it's not cool to advertise you know that I'm doing that, but I am doing it. And uh, people have been saying some so many great things about the show, and I really appreciate that. If you guys haven't listened to all of the episodes yet, I encourage you to. I mean, some of them are really good, and some of them are okay. Some of the most popular ones are are you know the, my father. Uh, ones with my father, the ones with fear, uh, Natasha Pearl Hansen, th- those were really good. Uh, Brianna Hansen, uh, Saint Diablo. I mean, there, there's so many good ones. I, I'm, I'm not saying this. If I didn't mention your podcast or you, I'm sorry, I'm not leaving you out. But those I've noticed picked up the most traction. I hope no one's offended by that as I take a gulp of my uh, my concoction this morning. So anyway, I'm moving on. Today's Wednesday. This will be dropping on Friday, so obviously you're guy, you guys already know that. So I had two episodes in the week. Okay, anyway. So this week's guest, let's talk about this week's guest. Um, this week's guest is Maximus Groves from Comcastro. Now, if you guys have listened to World of Row, Max was on my podcast, on that podcast, uh, January, back in January of this year. And I told him you know, a while back and I, like I, I extended it out to so many people because, you know, anyway, you guys already know the story about me starting the solo podcast. I think you do. And I told them I'm going to start a solo podcast and I would love to talk to you. And so we sat down and we sat down and talked remotely because <laughs> he's in Georgia, but he, he's one of those guys, like I enjoyed his podcast. I love, I love the production of it. I mean, all the technical stuff and how they, how they do the show and his show has been kind of a, a little bit of on a little bit of a break. And I've been pushing, I, every t- I, I message him every day and I'm like, hey dude, where's Comcastro? When's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? Because they haven't released anything in quite some time. And I'm really kind of hoping that, I mean, I love the show and I know he's got stuff coming. I Coming out soon, so I just really want him to get, you know, anyway, I just wanted to talk to him and I wanted to, I want him to get his podcast going because it's a great show and Max is a great guy. You know, uh, during his downtime, he's... um he's been doing some stand-up comedy and I got, we got into that pretty heavily actually, because I was curious about how that, how that was working out for him because he is trying to build a brand anyway. Um, he's, he's, a. Uh, I had fun. We, with him talking, uh, we get into a, a pretty deep conversation about life and, uh, we share a few laughs and, um, I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys now and, uh, we'll catch you guys on the other end. I hope you enjoy. How are you? Things are good, man. Um, just, uh, I got a nice, nice little middle ground where I'm finally taking care of uh, podcast commitments and trying out some other performance stuff. Do you, do you ever get the feeling that I was commenting uh, with a friend of mine and I was telling her that I was trying to manage all my commitments that I've made and she said, spring cleaning in the modern age. And I realized, wow, I'm actually a hoarder. Yeah. I just don't have things. I just hoard promises. And now as like everyone's disappointed, 
I'm doing my best to spring clean through them all to try to minimize the next disaster. Anyway. Well, you know, I, that's a good analogy, actually, considering that you've been on a, what, three, four month sabbatical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we call it sabbatical, but you're doing a lot of things to kind of broaden your career as well. Um, yeah, well, you'll be able to see, uh, you'll see new releases coming relatively soon. Um, expect it in, uh, Christ. <laughs> if you put it on the air, it's pretty much almost an ink. <laughs> Although I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I don't have a date for you, but if yeah. it's, if it's by, if it's not out in May, I'm going to, I'll just cancel the whole project. <laughs> no, you can't do that, man. People, people love your show. And speaking of your show, it was called Comcastro. That's um, right. One of the first podcasts that I ever listened to when I first started podcasting other really? than mainstream stuff. Yeah, man. Oh, cool. And, um, my first episode I think was with Roger Craig Smith. Is that his right? That's the right name, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Batman. Yeah, dude. Well, and Chris, Chris like Redfield. Fill, fill in Batman, right? That yeah. Arkham origins, Batman, not Batman animated series. Uh, Batman, Kevin, Kevin, uh, what's his Kevin? Something. I can't remember his last name. Kevin, um, Damn it. Anyway, the character, the, Kevin. Yeah, the, the, the voice actor, Kevin, uh, I forget what his name is. The, the guy, the guy that played the voiceover for Batman, but, Oh yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, um, I was really impressed with that conversation and I had no idea that he had subbed in because when I, cause I actually had that Batman game hmm. and I didn't even realize the difference. I mean, he had done such a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, the great conversation, and, and I I was hooked after that. And then, you know, back in uh, January, we uh, had the conversation of talking on the Pick and Roll podcast, which was which was a lot of fun. I felt we kind of um, should have talked again, and I started this solo project, and I said, I got to get Max back on the podcast, and or my own podcast, and we can talk more about his stuff, my stuff, whatever kind of stuff and have a good laugh or two in, in the middle of that. Oh, well, yeah, that was a fun talk. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me back. Yeah. Tonight I'm actually at the laughing skull lounge, which is one of the cooler booked clubs in town. So this is an exciting nice. start for their open mic and, uh, we'll try to fulfill to the expectations. I slowly wither away my friend audience and they stop coming <laughs> over. Is it how many, how many gigs have you done so far? Well, I don't know. Atlanta apparently is, I've heard that it spoils comics because you can realistically uh, perform every night. Whereas wow. if you were working professionally in LA, you'd be waiting for three weeks to do five minutes at a small place. Are you kidding me? No, not at all. It's a huge wow. uh, point of stress for people who move to town over there. And, uh, and the thing is, they got their own sense of uh, what's decent, you know, like yeah. uh, my co-host Evan, he's been a stand-up artist for several years uh, he actually won a local award through our newspaper creative loafing calling him wow. the best in the best in the city as of i think 2012 i'm not certain but wow <clears throat> but he he had even theorized that when the public was angry at daniel tosh for saying that he wanted to see a heckler raped right uh yeah. when the public got angry at him he even thought yeah i think if that wasn't in la he would have been fine <laughs> that was his comment. <laughs> yeah, like if yeah, if yeah. he said that in Georgia, no one would have given a shit. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's it's a funny thing because I agree it's a completely inappropriate statement. And I also think it's completely inter- inappropriate to interrupt someone while they're trying to perform for you. So it becomes a bizarre balance. Yeah. I, I can I can only imagine what that feels like. So how's it how does it feel for you going up on stage and trying to get people to laugh i mean it's one thing to do it here where it's just you know you're talking to the computer the internet basically but you can drop in your you know your performances i mean your witty lines and here and there but in front of a crowd is that a challenge or i mean obviously it is but do you ever get nervous or kind of fumble on your words Eh, you know it happens sometimes but what's funny about it is the assumption with a podcast is that you can kind of create a unique voice and if you work hard enough you can reach people who want to hear it yeah right Uh, similar with youtube channels things that allow it to seep in and find an audience whereas when you have your set in a club you have a hard sample set or a hard sampling of whatever population has come that night to listen and if they're not laughing at you you know no no matter of uniqueness or intelligence is going to help you with this that's just going to be a club, a club promoter seeing that the guy isn't making laughs, so he isn't doing his job, so let's not invite him back. And so yeah. it becomes a really 
kind of a disheartening thing I've heard from some people just from the experience of needing to sort of whittle your and whittle the things that make you particular into what everyone already expects from stand-up comedy. So it's kind of a weird process, but on the exact opposite side, I see plenty of people aggressively sticking to the idea of you do you and the people will come and for some of them it's working. So it's just a matter of finessing it, I suppose, because you just, uh, you just don't know how it's going to work certain day to day. Yeah. I've, I've only been to, I think maybe one or two local stand up comedy shows and one here in San Antonio and one in another, in another city I lived in. I saw like, I saw a handful of people perform and some were really, really good. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They had more guts to go up there than I would, but I, some of them you could tell were really, really nervous. And then some just knocked it out of the park. You're like, Oh, this guy's going to probably go somewhere pretty soon. Hmm. And, and I think at the time when I went, there were uh, one comedian was trying really hard to do like the Zach Galifianakis style. It was kind of strange. You're like deadpan and a little bit sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it just really didn't work for him. In my yeah. opinion, I think it only works with, I mean, some people can pull it off, but he just couldn't do it. Yeah, there's a weird, there's a weird thing to feeding off of the energy in a room, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Uh, gosh, this is so fucking mean. What went to my head? But <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> last night I got a note that I didn't like, and I got oh, a little oh, upset really? with the guy. But he's a friend, so it's gonna be fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I just remember thinking in my head, holy shit, if I have to listen to one more dishwasher rant about his cocaine addiction, I'm sticking to podcasting. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Okay. No, it's just, uh, man, that was the most elitist thing I've ever said in my life. Fuck it. Wow. No, uh, <laughs> you're an elitist? I don't think you're an elitist there, Max, are you? Well, maybe having a college degree no, is enough to separate <laughs> you from everyone else who tries stand up oh, yeah well you know what i mean I, I wouldn't know i'm not in that uh that's that uh <laughs> comedic realm but being such a I prick got, i gotta stop it no nah, you know what though you know what man i think that you um to be able to go out there and do that and and to try i mean I, i'm pretty sure it's not it's not i'm more than sure it's not easy but hey man hats off to you for going out there i, I think in along the way it's going to get your name out there and that presence out there well yeah like that's the that's the thought at least to develop skills to Focus what you believe is that's really the core of any public speaking. It's what, yeah. what do you believe? Deliver that and make it funny because you know, if you're, if you're not being true to yourself, then everyone's going to hear it and you're going to be an asshole and they're not going to like you. So <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do go up and do stand up comedy, but I'm definitely not the, well, try it out, man. The, give it a shot. The, well, yeah, I mean, you're trying to be a public speaker. You're trying to more or less be a personality figure to relate to interview and get that kind of thing. So any kind of experience in this realm is going to improve or help you and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I can be the next Mark Marin in terms of comedic purposes, but I think, um, th- I, I do, I do agree with what you're saying. It could definitely help make me a better public speaker at that. That would be great. Yeah. Um, you said you're in San Antonio. I am in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, it's not a huge town. They probably have a supportive network around there. Oh, oh yeah, dude. There's a, there's an Alamo draft house and right near one, there's a laugh out loud comedy club, but I think that you've got to have some serious, uh, tenure or serious presence to be able to get on that. But you never know, right? Maybe I'll enter that, that realm. I mean, I, if I can make my friends laugh, maybe I can make people laugh, but at the same time, I don't want to, I'm having this, um, this flashback to, and God, I don't ho- I hope I don't date myself by saying this, but I used to watch, uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't bring this up. No, no, I don't think I want to bring it up. Never mind. Don't give me blue balls here. What's the story? <laughs> um, I watched, I used to watch 90210 back in the day. Oh, the old one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ion, Ion Zering is, is funny, right? Well, his lines are somewhat funny. And he says, when well, they tell him, Hey, we need a, a comedian, a comedian to do a stand up at this, at our club. Can you come and do it? So he does, he does his, his sorry bit and nobody liked it. So then he, what he did was he like ripped off somebody's joke uh. and then he, um, yeah, he, he's kind of like having guilt of it the whole time. <laughs> and, it, and it almost, rem- it almost, Almost reminds me of um, because I went through. Marin was on Netflix, man, and I started watching the whole series. And oh, he you watched that episode up, where that he one, steals a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, dude, that was a good one. 
but I don't know, man. I, that would be that would definitely be a challenge. And I, you know, I I think I've as far as public speaking goes, I've come a long way just because I've always been felt I've always felt like I was an introverted person. So. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, we'll move along from that. I don't. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you say you feel like an introvert, and I feel like when you have anxiety, particularly with public speaking and things like this, it's a little bit of a gift because ultimately, the things we're most afraid of are the things that we're fundamentally most sensitive to, and we can right. actually have a very discerning ability to cut through what's good and bad, and. If we look too closely at ourselves, we don't like what we see, but we actually have the expertise to become pretty good at it. It's, uh, yeah. it's just a matter of um, allowing yourself to not be perfect and s- submitting to the fear rather than hiding from it. That's a good analogy. That's a good point right there. And did, did you did you feel that way when you first started podcasting? Like with your fir- very first episode of when you heard the playback on it, did you think, oh man, this is... <laughs> no. Did you, did you ever have that moment? Because most of us do, right? Actually, yeah, I remember it pretty well. Uh, I recall there was an early interview where the band we were talking to was very open about their experience with hallucinogenic drugs. Right. And I just remember thinking, like, am I allowed to publish this? Is this okay? And I asked my partner at the time, and he's a lawyer, and he said, we're in the clear we haven't said anything illegal and i just said uh i just told him it would break my heart if someone chose to be vulnerable with us and that resulted in them having legal consequences and the it was a weird thing but then then i listened to a joe rogan episode and said fuck it right yeah yeah, let's go for it but uh, the the anxiety is real the idea that you've said something stupid and it's permanently out there on the record you know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. uh, it's funny. The more you put on the record, the less mm-hmm. stupid that <laughs> stupid thing becomes. Cause there's plenty more to balance it out in every other way, <laughs> unless you get hired to do the daily show, in which case they find the one tweet they dislike and try to blow up your fucking career. But yeah, alas. old news, old news. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's a good, that's another good point. Um, yeah, I, I've constantly, I constantly feel like I need to get progressively better and i think that talking to different types of people which i'm which i'm doing which you're you have been doing and it's kind of my podcast is kind of a, you know an inspiration from yours and a couple of other people that i've listened to but it's not i'm not trying to steal your your thunder or anything like that just finding inspiration you said from- a nice thing you don't have to apologize for saying a nice <laughs> thing okay like okay. That, this is this is one of the first things i lessons you don't, you haven't done something wrong by saying something nice. You don't have to apologize for pretty much anything you ever do. Someone will let you know if you were a prick. Nice. You probably would have, man. Now there, that's the the lesson (laughs) for the day. The more, you know, actually, actually last night, my friend who gave me the bad note, uh, I, uh, I kind of sh- shook his hand, told him thanks, and kind of ended the conversation, and he asked, are you telling me to fuck off right now? And I said in response, I have a very low difficulty of telling someone to fuck off, okay? Trust me, if I'm telling you to fuck off, you will hear those literal words coming out of my mouth. Fuck off. Yeah. I actually did tell a guy to fuck off on a Friday night. Oh, really? Yeah, we were at this, uh, we were at this, cl- it's a bar that's extremely trendy, and we had found ourselves there. Yeah, just for fun. And this one guy in a suit was just obnoxiously wasted. He's not speaking English. He's not responding well, but it's kind of looming over our table. He's got mm. a tomato on, in his hand. And we don't know why. And he's, yeah. and he's like, starts squeezing it and some juice gets on my friend's foot. So we're like politely asking him to just back off and make some space. Then he starts rapidly devouring this raw tomato in front of us, getting juice <laughs> everywhere. And this, this madman standing here dressed seemingly normal in this sort of environment and i've had enough of it i stand up and say you're not welcome here fuck off and i'm just waiting on this guy to shove me so i can knock him out and like a bar owner and i have a reputation there they like me there so one of the people who works there kind of shoved him to the side and got him out the door but man i was really looking forward to fighting that guy (laughs) and you're and you're a pretty big dude aren't you yeah i'm 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 kind of intimidating um, in general, but uh, yeah. you know, f- honestly, like people, people are says nonviolence is important. We're supposed to be fascist or not right. fascist, but uh, pacifist and stuff. But honestly, guys, don't start shit. That's inappropriate. But really, fighting is fun. 
it's so much fun. It is, it is this, uh, it's this final recognition of saying, you know, we don't have to stop be, obeying rules and being polite anymore. We can have one moment where we're just taking our sense of force against the rest of the world around us. So, so are you, are you doing this thing where you're standing outside a bar and you're looking at your friend and you're telling him, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Dude, I don't have a crisis of masculinity <laughs> looking for a fight. I just really enjoy it when it comes. Part of that movie, oh, yeah. part of that movie was them saying everyone will do everything they can to avoid a fight. Here's your homework. Yeah. Go out, start a fight and lose. Well, if they found <laughs> me, they would have gotten an A plus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. I was like, were you, were you real there? No. Was that, you, was that you at an eight? Me at an eight? Me? Oh, <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you referencing when I interviewed uh, the, the residuals and we were talking about being real? <laughs> I, I think I listened to that one. I can't remember exactly the, the conversation, but I the last one, the last episode I did here, and I heard the Halo 5 one. That was a good one. Oh, Laura um, is so wonderful. Yeah. Do you, and so... Let me ask you, where do, where do you get, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to poach from your guest list. They're not going to talk to me anyway, but I mean, how, do you guys, is that like networking with you and, and Demi trying to get guests for the show? Uh, yeah, dude, honestly, uh, this is another part of it where you just, you honestly just have to not be afraid to send a invitation to guests or mm-hmm. press releases to talent agents and they were, they will more likely than not ignore you. And mm-hmm. But everyone remembers what it's like starting out, and yeah. and if you're going to be honest with them about what you're trying about what you're trying to do, and you know admiring the people, then they'll remember that. And if they have time, might help you out. And if they don't, there's just no reason to take it as judgment. They just happen to be busy. Left this question out. Which has been your favorite one on the podcast? Shit, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, you've done 78, right? Yeah, it's been a lot. We've yeah, been a lot of recorded. Um. Some of the ones about to come out are some of the best uh, we've done. Um, no spoiler <laughs> alerts. We don't want to know the guests. Let's just keep us in. I already know one. I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Share. Share. Sure. Uh, well, Michelle Morrow is a esports uh, broadcaster who contributes for the Nerdist, too, and she has she has an amazing perspective on trying to trying to help people out of their close-minded sort of uh gated gamer communities yeah so harassment is real um abuse is real uh cons can be horrible places for women to attend and and it's like how how does this behavior change and it's a mix of it's a mix of punishment and acceptance of saying don't don't be afraid to actually talk. You know, this is why yeah. you're a creep because you've walled off and now you're groping people and committing crimes instead of just saying, hi, I think you're pretty, you know, <laughs> but, uh, so it, it was a really nice way to find the finesse, particularly with, it also becomes a gaming in particular is a nice target of uh, social critics. For instance, um, Anita Sarkeesian believes that the existence of these tropes are in general harmful for women. I would fundamentally disagree because I'm very much a free speech advocate and I believe that art can be bad without being wrong for society. And it makes a very dramatic moment when you're saying that this is morally wrong as opposed to just something I disagree with. Yeah. So that's just my take on it. But when we have actual violence and crime, then put them in fucking jail (laughs) immediately. Yeah. Right, definitely. Like if someone, if someone was uh, abusing my friend, she told me about it. It would be a violent situation, you know. Definitely a violent situation, yeah. Um, and <laughs> that's, I just, I hate the concept of people living in fear, for any reason. And I think, right. and I think this is the greatest inhibitor to, you know becoming what you want with your life. And if the, right. and if the fear is from other people, that's tricky because there is a two way side of that where you have to learn to let go of that and also how to defend yourself if there is a real threat. Um, and also how to find help for people to eliminate that if there is a threat, but it's, <clears throat> it's like for, for most of the people who aren't in an actual danger situation, they're just afraid of what they want. Then they're just putting themselves in a hole. 
They're just, right. they're just opting into suffering instead of easy suffering, instead of hard suffering. But the hard suffering is going to enable you to, to believe in yourself, to enjoy your life. So, so is, that, is, that what you're, is that what you're going for? Just being able to live your life and doing what you want to do? I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to be afraid of what I want to do anymore. That's a good, that's good right there, man. I think that that's a really good thing that you're saying right there, because I think everyone does this nine to five work life, right? And it's, it's comfy, it's cushion, right? But at the same time, is it really your passion, what you want to do? And, um, I think I'm, I'm slowly finding out what my, what I really want to do and what my passion is to, to go for and go after. And I, I can say that my wife's been very supportive in, in my podcasting journey <laughs> and I, and you know, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I don't know if it'll get published before or after your episode, this drops, but I talked to a blogger turned digital nomad that travels around the world and she had an amazing story <laughs> and then she was on the pod. She's going to be on the podcast and it was just, Wow. To just pick up and do what you want to go after rather than just continuing to be, I guess, like a, a number or a, or a copper top, if you will, in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that, that's, that's really insightful, man. Um, so then <laughs> was it, was, uh, she your favorite guest on the show? Um, the, oh, Michelle. Yeah, man. Like I, I legitimately, you can't really pick one. Well, like we, we, <clears throat> the neatest part of podcasting and particularly these unstructured interviews and these sort of um, self-driven things is the way you bond with people unexpectedly. Right. And when you, when you create a connection like that, that's really the most satisfying moment. And um, I feel like we did accomplish that for me and Evan and her, and we all had a very nice time sharing our personal stories. And, right. and whenever that happens with anyone, that's always the best one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, so yes, that happened. So it's perfect. And if it happens again, that one's also perfect. And for all of them where it did happen, those were all my favorite, but like I, they made, they made me happy to do this. So I don't really have a favorite among them, you know? Oh, good. Yeah. So you just, you enjoy every single one, basically you yeah, make I mean, the most of it. So long as there's, you're not always going to make an emotional connection with somebody, you know? Right. Like, right. It's just not gonna... Have you ever in, in, and I haven't asked anybody this cause this podcast is more of like a podcaster to podcaster podcast. Are you going to ask um, me if we had a shitty interview? No, I mean, because we all have had shitty interviews okay. at some point, right? Okay. <laughs> but have you ever come, do you ever feel like it, it, it got heated with somebody or like a, like tense, I guess, where you're like, oh, and it gets awkward? Uh, Yeah, it's been yeah. awkward. I don't know if it's been like angry. Right. Um, I got frustrated when I had, a, I had a close friend recently die who, uh, Oh yeah, sorry about that, man. I remember you telling me about that. Oh yeah, yeah, we delayed because of that. I remember. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm imagining like what's appropriate to share, but uh, sure. The uh, Craig Ferguson has a hilarious bit in his stamp special about his rehabilitation for alcoholism, and at the rehab center, they had accepted people of all sorts of addiction addictions. And he said it was kind of like a superpower being an alcoholic because everyone else who's got all these harder drugs are just so depressed. Right. Right. And so they'd have some like activity or something and he'd make a joke or he, he'd make a comment or something like that. And so there'd be this recovering heroin addict being like, dude, man, how did you think of that? Are you some kind of genius? And Craig says, no, I'm no genius. I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) And 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 like the the hard the hard part of that joke is that if you have a friend who's recovered from heroin they've they are the most taxing people to be around because yeah. they simply you know there's some different stories where they can you know find a different motivation um I'm sure before Philip Seymour Hoffman died yeah, it was different than my experience with some recovering heroin addicts but yeah they're just so completely depressed it's like there's this um, understanding that the world doesn't let them have their dreams. The world doesn't let them have nice things. And some of them just will go so far as to say, if people would just leave me alone, I would just stay in my room and stay on drugs and just enjoy myself until I die. And it's 
the most aggravating thing to put up with. And there comes a point where you honestly feel like you have to shelter yourself from these attitudes because you can't bear this anymore when you actually know, in fact, that what they need the most is actual love and support so they can decide what they want to do instead of just being depressed with everything, but you can't handle it anymore. And you're just left thinking, shit, now they're dead. And I remember six months ago thinking, well, maybe it'll be a relief when they're dead, and now you feel like a fucking prick. Yeah. Um, and you just think, is there something you can do? And you realize, probably not. And and I just think of anyone who's suffered, and I just don't know if there's a thing you can say to help them to stop, um, aside from just listening. Yeah. And it just is hard to do sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is hard to do. I mean, I've never had a friend who was a, uh, a heroin addict or a recovering heroin addict. So I, I can't really speak to that in a, you know, with, you know, personally, but one of my, well, one of uh, the lead singer of stone temple pilots died. He yeah, was a heroin addict. Scott Wellen, yeah. Yeah. And he, he never, it seems like he said he stopped doing it, but I think he was using and other, uh, other recreational drugs and drugs to get the same type of high. Yeah. Um, did you read the op-ed from his ex-wife? Yeah, dude, that was totally, um, I didn't know how to feel about that because I, I see where she's coming from and I can kind of say, you know what, if you, if you're, I mean, again, I'm not in his, I'm not in his world or how he felt because I know he was bipolar. So you can have all the success and the money in the world and you have your family, but how come that doesn't make you happy or you're at least your family and your kids. I mean, I feel bad for his kids that he's gone, you know? Yeah. But I did read that. I did read that. And I was just like, wow, this is, that's, that's pretty harsh. But at the same time, it's kind of true. Yeah. yeah what did you think? <clears throat> well, it, it was pretty brutal the way she summarized it saying my children lost their father years ago. Yeah. Now it's, they've just finished it <laughs> or like wrapped, wrapped up the loose end of actually dying. Yeah. Um, and she, and she said, what did she say? Something like, instead of buying, uh, an RIP shirt, 60, 1967 to 2015, take your kids to a ball game and buy them ice cream with that yeah, money or something like that. Yeah. There was something like that. And also, yeah. uh, and also asking to not, uh, glamorize the self-destructiveness of an artist to find their art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There, cause there is this, um, this common popular thought of, well, what would they be without the drugs? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That does happen a lot. Maybe, maybe they'd be boring, but competent. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love Scott Weiland's music, even though he's, oh, me too. even though, uh, I mean, I've never met the guy and I'm sure I would have been miserable had I, but it's, yeah. You know, I, um, I, that was my favorite, one of my favorite bands, dude. And, um, in 2008, when they did the reunion tour, I went down to a friend, visit a friend and about two and a half, three hours away from where I'm from. And I remember the meat puppets opened up for them. Now that, that was a really good show. And then, and we're right in the front because this guy had a friend who hooked us up with some seats or, you know, floor, floor standing, whatever area, whatever. And they nearly took the stage probably an hour hour and a half late Ooh. and i felt like i mean i didn't care i was feeling really good because i was having a lot of um adult beverages some beer and some you know all the, you know, yeah i was drinking man this was, like, was a you night out you got to see your favorite band you decided fuck it i'm gonna, have yeah. some, I'm gonna drink this, this is dad's <laughs> night not worrying about <laughs> wife and kids this is stone temple Ooh. pilots night yeah, well, actually, this was, dude, this was like eight years ago. So this or seven or eight years ago. So I wasn't even married yet. I was still in my, my 20s and. Oh, yeah. <laughs> living it for real. <laughs> That's right. Where every day is me time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so, and, and, and they took the stage so late. But then when they came on, dude, it was so awesome. I mean, they opened up with Big Empty and then they played Lounge Fly. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? This is like a bucket item list. I checked it off in my mind, my mentally. And I'm like, all right, I did it, but it wasn't the best, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll take it. I got to see them. <laughs> yeah. But I know they used to always, uh, mix and record their albums or like over there in Atlanta, like post-production. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Brendan O'Brien, I think is out there or something. He's like a big time producer. 
Gotcha. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's popular music scenes out here. I think. Oh, I, definitely. I think there's a better support network for rappers than there is otherwise. But aside from really? that, yeah. I've I've, huh? met, I've met um <clears throat> a mix of very uh very positive thinking and well organized musicians and really frustrated, jaded, and out of control musicians. So <laughs> really, you, you get you get a mix of both. Wow. So do you um. Do you meet a? Have you met a lot of uh, big time local so local celebrity co- comics out there? Big time local celebrity comics. Uh, that, wait, that, I mean that doesn't make sense. So lo- <laughs> local celebrity comics is that better? Oh, maybe. maybe even big time. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it, I don't know. Like if I was to drop names, I don't know if you'd recognize any of them. Um, I know that Evan. One of his favorite comics is Norm Macdonald and that he loves, uh, they, they are on a friendship basis. So it's cool that they get to hang out whenever he's in town. Really? Yeah. But, uh, personally, I'm, like I said, you know, this is brand new. I don't have, I can't comment much on what comedy's like. Yeah, I'm yeah, still, yeah. I'm a complete noob. I have the slight benefit of, uh, already trying to put my name out there in the first place. So that helps because I mean, yeah, if if you're trying to promote yourself, then it means you can try to promote the show you're gonna do, and it kind of snowballs out, right? Right. And um, and I also I hosted karaoke for like five years. Yeah, it was like a job I had in college at nights, <laughs> which which was a perfect sort of college night job. And it <clears throat> the start of a karaoke show is the worst moment of the show because no one actually came for a karaoke show. <laughs> like everyone came to have dinner and then this happened and they're like really well we're gonna talk <laughs> some more maybe we'll try it out but i don't know we're not really taking shots tonight so whatever and then maybe after an hour or so it like rolls around and i learned after a while that you it's your responsibility to take charge of the energy of the room and replace it with what you want it to be and that was this moment where I just really let out this, let's just say quasi Shakespearean persona or like roller derby strip club announcer or something <laughs> where it's where I take center stage and simply announce esteemed patronage of whatever fucking bar we are at esteemed patronage of the Edgewood Corner Tavern. My name is Maximus Groves and tonight I bring you karaoke. And then like, everyone's like, wow, who is See, this motherfucker? Dude, and, that is awesome. And, uh, that was kind of, that was a very strong lesson in essentially being an individual in charge of an energy of a moment. And it's carrying over pretty well to comedy, not as well where the room is mostly comics. I think yeah. I get a little self-conscious there, but well, that's a head. That's a head turner of an intro, buddy. <laughs> yep. And uh, I kept to it. And I remember thinking, uh, should I make this? Should I mix this up? And then I remember seeing John Stewart say the exact same thing every start of the Daily Show. I was like, no, yeah. we stick to it. This is my <laughs> shtick. I am the epic man saying, welcome to a new age of karaoke. I think you, you've got the you've got the movie preview guy beat, man. Yeah, movie preview guy. He's, yeah. Well, I've, forget his name but i don't yeah. remember his name either but don don something or other does, does he do the parody ones too or is that no, a different no, guy? no that well pablo francisco parries parodies don okay that's the honest yeah, reviews yeah yeah <laughs> or the honest trailers yeah in, in a city he's like he does something like that and then he does the the arnold schwarzenegger thing the little tortilla boy yeah, i think was yeah, a, yeah. a spoof trailer yeah dude, but that was <laughs> spot on dude in a city plagued by constantly collapsing towers as aliens do battle in the middle of the center one rapid real estate developer will take charge to pit a vigilante against an alien (laughs) here is the story of the mark zuckerberg of lex luther (laughs) in batman v superman did you see that i have not i've not seen yeah they've been trashing it yeah, you know, I mean, <sighs> the Marvel movies are bland but awesome. The DC movies are uh, are heavy but heavy-handed. Right? Yeah, uh, I love the Nolan ones, but 
Man of Steel. It's just, it was very super, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. so big. And I'm, yeah. all, I'm, I'm going to be forever annoyed by, uh, having essentially collapsing buildings with no blood or death or bruises. <laughs> like I remember there's a guy who literally crashes his helicopter into the ground and gets out of it unscathed. And I'm like, shouldn't he be dead? Shouldn't he have died <laughs> from a helicopter crash? Yeah. Even without an explosion, no explosion. That's fine. The impact alone should have turned him into many pieces, but alas. Oh, what about the, the way, the way, uh, Batman rescues Rachel and they fall on a taxi cab where he embraces <laughs> most of the fall and he doesn't die from that. That one was pretty fucking crazy. Almost, yeah. as, almost as crazy as the fact that you got a giant microwave emitter that will explode all of the sewer pipes in the city yet leave organic flesh completely unharmed. Yeah. Right. It'll turn the single touch of water instantaneously to steam yet it doesn't vaporize anyone who stands directly in front of it. Right. Plot, plot holes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I forgive him. Nolan's not a scientist. Whenever he does science, he does it fucked up, but it's still awesome. Right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's true. It's, it's, and it's, it's always best when he minimizes it. Right. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, the dream machine and in inception. There's no actual science behind it and it works great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a Perfect. magic device and the cloning machine that Nikola Tesla built in the prestige. No one really has a clue how it even works at all, but they don't care because they don't really talk about it. When they start getting into microwaves and time dilation and proximity to black holes that really you can't even escape from no matter how much thrust you'd have or the idea of needing a three-stage rocket to exit the Earth's atmosphere <laughs> but being able to trivially go up and down in a shuttle on a different planet that already <laughs> isn't in a massive gravity well, like these kind of issues, yeah, you know, like we got Neil deGrasse Tyson's out there who are going to point a finger and be like, that's not science, you know? Yeah, the, or or a guy forgetting his name and personality and constantly writing tattoos of, of things to remind himself all over his body, and yeah. his name is Leonard Shelby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that disorder works. I, uh, it doesn't bother me if it's real or not. That was a pretty awesome movie. It, you know, it was a really awesome movie. I was just trying to keep up with you, but I don't know <laughs> if it was as good. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, there might be something like that. I don't know. That's... John G. Do you have your own John G? I got my John G somewhere around here. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a fucking John G. You know what? You'll be my John G. Dude. <laughs> and it just goes in circles again, man. I need yeah. to watch that movie. I haven't seen it in such a long time. I've got the uh Leonard Shelby collector's edition, the oh, one that looks cool. like the file. Yeah, oh, on DVD. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, hey, man, dude, yeah. When you saw that movie, did you think that the director of that movie would turn into the biggest studio director there is? No, you know what? For the longest time, I actually thought that was David Fincher. Oh, really? Yeah. I like, thought that was a David Fincher movie because it felt like a, well, parts of it felt like a David Fincher movie, but then I realized that it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Like I thought for the rest of the time, Nolan was going to be like this Aronofsky, Aronofsky figure whose best work is kind of like small budget, you know? The wrestler, right? Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. He, Aronofsky had made the wrestler and Black Swan and also the garden and uh, Noah. And Noah was oh, beautiful, yeah. but fucking weird and not great. Yeah. The garden was awesome, but nobody went to it weirdly. I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> but like the lesson with him seems to be keep it scoped and like, it'll be a great success or something. Black Swan style, but, uh, nice, nice. Uh, but I, I, I never imagined no one would be like 10, like billion dollar movie, $10 billion return, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, hey, it happened. So yeah, I did. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, man, um, I have a lot of friends who watch Doctor Who. Do you watch that? <laughs> Actually, I had a I had a bit that ended with a Doctor Who comment. Uh I, I've I watched it a lot when I dated a fanatic and I haven't watched it much since. Okay, so that says a lot right there. <laughs> uh do, do you want to hear the bit? The yeah, Doctor man. Bit? Yeah, but, we got we got time. Okay, Go ahead. let's see. Um <clears throat> So it seems like it's a pretty good time for nerds right now. You know, you it got is. You got a comic book movie coming out every week and Dungeons and Dragons is mainstream and it seems like, you know, the nerds are coming up in the world, but I got to say, it's still kind of tough for nerds right now, right? And this, this is a personal story I had and it, this is a thing I experienced while I was at a Game of Thrones viewing party, all right? This was, these are my people, all right? This was a safe space, 
right? And it was a really great party. The guy had a giveaway going and he had given out 60 cards and he wanted to pick one of them randomly. They all were numbered, right? And so he said, I'll just roll three 20 sided die and add the result together. And that'll be the winner that I pick of these 60 cards. And I said, not so fast, buddy. That's not a fair distribution of die rolls, all right? First, one and two are never going to come up. 60 could come up in one possibility. And across all permutations of die rolls, you're more likely to get 30 than any other one. And right as I say this, he looks at me, perks up, points his finger, and he says, You nerd! (laughs) And I'm like, I thought that's what we were here to do! Come on! So, yeah, apparently being a nerd means liking Doctor Who and not understanding math. <laughs> apparently so. And, and you're right, though. That joke is very um, cliche. And I was just telling somebody this the other day that nerd being a nerd is kind of like a cool thing now, apparently. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what made me think about that? It, um, last night. OK, so I watched I watched The Walking Dead, uh-huh. the you know, the the finale and I'm watching talking dead and, and I, I see Chris Hardwick and I keep thinking about how in that, um, again, I binge watched Marin and how he's kind of like this mega nerd and, but he's making it really cool to be a nerd. And so it, it, I was just a like, good looking nerd, you know? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes care of himself as opposed to, as opposed to the rest of us with pot bellies and scraggly beards. <laughs> see i mean when i think of nerds i think of revenge of the nerds and i think that they were pioneers more <laughs> so more so than um than talking dead co- host chris hardwick so i mean yeah. i don't know i was just watching that movie the other day Great movie. I, I used to be cool i used to think i was cool by saying i wasn't a fan of chris hardwick and i realized man that dude's just following his passions things that he likes and having a good time with people you know there's no reason <laughs> there's no reason to be at all critical or dismissive, you know, and if it just doesn't speak to you, then you don't have to listen to it. You know? <laughs> like, hey, so do you do in your podcast? Cause you, you live in, you're from the area, right? You're in the town you grew up in. Yeah. I actually grew up in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see a lot of people that you, like you grew up with and went to school with and everything and they tell you they like your podcast and things like that? Well, sometimes it actually is kind of a surprise sometimes bumping into people. Uh, yeah. I don't keep too much track of everyone. Um, from way back you know it's just people end up with different lives you know right yeah i was able to touch base with a few of them at the funeral that was actually kind of nice uh yeah to get together but um, yeah the uh you do get you do get a nice micro ego moment right a little bit someone noticed you know they're they're appreciating it uh it's you honestly like uh you, you should encourage people uh you uh sometimes sometimes it is terrible but um it just uh yeah it was nice that's all, that's all i really have about it just, yeah, uh, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah no you're good man i was just curious um how that would how that was going for you just because i'm not in the town i grew up in and some people will tell me hey i dig it and some people don't really say much so I, it's just, I don't know. I was just curious on how that, uh, was, how that I, was going for you. Cause you've got a really good show and it's been very successful, uh, right? So for much, the most man. part. Well, I mean, on podcast yeah. metrics, I think so. But, uh, yeah. there was, there was one girl who she and her boyfriend was a regular at my karaoke show. And then when that show ended, I would bump into her when she was single at bars, but she wasn't that interested. And then I saw her at Dragon Con and she's like, Max, it's so good to see you. You've got such interesting things happening going on. And she like <laughs> kisses me on the corner of my mouth and says, give me a call. And I'm like, oh, this is the first one of those that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we got, what is it? We got um, Band-Aids or we got a, what, what, what the heck is it? I forgot. Anyway, you got fangirls or something, something to that effect, right? <laughs> Uh, hey man, uh, maybe the one we'll, we'll say, but, uh, oh God, it's, <clears throat> it's such a small thing to be proud of. Like, it's not actually being a celebrity. It's not actually, this no, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, it, uh, you know, there's, um, there's a big belief. A lot of people are afraid to market themselves and it's. And they almost see it as shameful. This is especially true in comedians and podcasters where the idea of self-promotion just seems like a sin. 
Yeah. You know, and the, the biggest advice you'll hear from people when you get started is, Hey man, don't do it to get rich. Don't do it to be famous. Do it for you. Find your thing and make it special. And that's true. You know, you shouldn't be doing this unless you have feel a calling to get something out there. You know, so if you don't have a mission, you know, then you're not doing anything. However, once you do, there's no way you can do this seriously unless it's making money from itself and paying for your life as you commit to it. And there's no way to make money from it unless people fucking know about it and know what you're doing. So, yeah, do it for you. But the moment you want to do it for real then yes, it has to make money. And yes, you have to promote yourself or else you're a fucking nothing. And you're just waiting for everyone to crown you a celebrity when that'll happen. Maybe on a die roll when some fucking Reddit post goes to the top of the page. Like it's, (laughs) it's, you can sit around and ignore it, but you're really just being afraid of people criticizing you for thinking you're not good enough. And maybe you aren't, but fuck it, you know, hustle, get, find your audience. Don't be rude. You know, don't get in everyone's face and don't exhaust everyone with constant, you know, promotional bullshit, but don't be afraid to say, Hey man, I'd like to be in the show and let me know if there's a spot open or Hey man, please listen. Or Hey man, I admire you. We'd love to have you on, you know, like just be active and take yourself seriously. Don't be afraid of, of anything. Yeah. Fuck. People will take you as seriously as you take yourself ultimately. And the... And if you give a shit about what you're doing, then that bill recognize it. And if they don't, then they're being assholes and you don't have to worry about their opinion. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point, dude. And you know, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm reaching, I'm trying to reach out to people both locally and, you know, on, on the Twitter verse and finding people to come on the show that, that do podcasts or, or have like a media presence to themselves. And I, I can remember, man, I think when I reached out to you, I'm like, well, maybe he'll want to do it. Maybe he won't. And then you said, Hey, yeah, I'll do it. You, and back in January when you did the pick and roll with us. And then when I, and then we keep in touch through Skype, which has been almost kind of really cool just because, you know, I, I keep, t- I guess the, we keep in touch and, you know, we're, and I get you on this show and I, I'm really glad you did it, man. And, I, for a second there, I thought, Hey, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't do it. Maybe he will. I mean, yeah, but you're down to your down earth guy. And I think what you just said, man, was a really fucking good point because if you are doing this, you have to fucking push yourself. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, if, if you're not treating it like a job, then it's always going to be a side throwaway thing. And that might be hypocritical coming from me since we haven't had a release in three months and there's a backlog of people saying, I don't know if our comments are going to be relevant anymore, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fix my commitments to that, you know, spring cleaning naturally. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Get those shows dropping, man. And finally like stop making a wire out of myself. God damn it. But, um, <laughs> so typically you dropped what every Monday. Is that right? Um, we had a period where we were going every single day. Oh, nice. Including weekends. And, um, I think it was advice that was taken from one of the John Lee Dumas programs. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of the figurehead of the podcast movement and uh, the Entrepreneur on Fire series. Um, he also runs, was, that, was that Dan Franks? <clears throat> um, John Lee Dumas. Oh, okay. John, sorry. I didn't hear you say his name. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he, he, they, have, they have a great program and uh, very much like, uh, I forgot her last name, but Kate, who is their project manager, has got great insights. But um, it, it, might, it was probably a mistake for us to push that hard and we definitely burned ourselves out, but, uh, we know what we want from this and we're going to fulfill our commitments to everyone who's offered us with their voice. So we're just going to get that moving. Um, yeah. the, the thing that goes through my mind more than anything else is when, particularly when editing and especially in interviews is what are we accomplishing? Like, what is the mission of this? What are we trying to put out and either that's a message or that's a personal story or a relationship or a, um, or a connection we're establishing. But, you know, just like random inside jokes or throwaway comments. Like I try to call those from the communication just because I want to be providing something for anyone listening at all times. And, uh, 
And now that we have more time to edit than the everyday release, um, that's just what goes through my mind more than anything else. When and and, and that's and that's interesting, dude, because I don't think I don't think a, a lot of podcasters think about that the way you're thinking it, and you're thinking it ex expansively. I think is a, probably the best word to describe that. Hmm. I also think my show is too long. Uh, actually, no, maybe, not maybe, even. Dude. Maybe I need to. Maybe I shouldn't comment on this, but I have um, because <clears throat> I I love having in depth conversations that get really personal. You open up and you get to a some real meaningful shit that people have to share. But uh, honestly, like, there's a hundred new shows a day. You know, like if you yeah. if you are a podcast listener, you probably have maybe ten minutes for a show. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if you want to listen to a lot of them. And the only place it really makes sense to listen is when doing chores or commuting to work because the, yep. the rest of the time you actually got to think shit through. So, yep. so I don't want to hog everyone's time, but ultimately it happens sometimes, but I, that's kind of the core of, is this accomplishing something? Okay. It's going to stay. We're going to make this special. Uh, if it's not, then I just don't want to, I don't want to rob from people because it's, it's just a big commitment to actually listen to these things. Yeah, no, I, I think you, I think you, you have an amazing, you, you do a great job. And I think an hour is, is more than enough time. I, I've had people tell me, or I've had other, you know, like, I guess saying, Hey, 30 to 45 minutes would be good. But I feel like if I'm talking to somebody, you can't really get enough done in 30 to 35 or even 45 minutes. Sometimes you need that extra 15 or 20, 25 minutes to get, get more in depth. And I think like this conversation, we got more real deep in some, some, in some aspects, a better conversation than the other one. So, hmm. well, I'm, I'm glad it was good for you, man. Um, yeah, the, uh, shit was going to get, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, the appeal of podcasts is definitely, it's like TV versus movies, right? You get, yeah. You get to have complex characters, uh, nuanced opinions, um, detailed personal takes on things as opposed to a quick five minute check-in on Conan that was funny and then rotate through. Right. And I think that's a five minutes. It's hard to make that work and you got to keep it yeah. good, you know, because yeah, it is, people's listening time is precious. Do uh, you want to tell my dear listeners where they can find you and when Comcaster comes back where can they find it? Sure, man. Um, so the Twitter accounts for the show is at Comcastro show. Mine is at Comcastro max. My producer Demi is at Comcastro Demi. She also has one at Demi Peichel, Demi Newell. I don't know the exact names, but you'll see those connected. Um, Evan Fowler's Twitter is at that Evan Fowler. Uh, you can find us all at comcastro.com where you'll see our existing log of several episodes and you'll have many more exciting new stuff coming us from us pretty soon from people such as, as we mentioned, Amber Nash, Michelle Morrow, um, Lee Camp hosts a show on Russia Tonight that will be published uh, shortly for that. Um, and several more awesome ones. Good guy. Very yeah. good guy. Just published his first novel. His name's Brandon Nobles. Very fascinating human being. We'll be publishing his, uh, his book is pretty, he's, if you like, if you like highbrow thinkers with a crazy comedy perspective, you're going to love Brandon. Um, nice. and, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. who else? Um, Ooh. Some guys, some guys made a movie called "Can We Take a Joke," which detailed uh, what they called the rise of outrage culture and stand-up comics like Gilbert Godfrey and Adam Carolla, and who have faced uh, stress because of this. So uh, that's that's a great episode. And uh, uh, there's a guy named Ted Da who had his young adult novel banned in New Zealand. So we talked to him about <laughs> that. That was cool. And uh, I just don't want to leave out anyone, but no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great month as soon as that thing gets launched again which, oh man which yeah. is uh i don't have a hard date for you but expect it in under a month nice man well i'm looking forward to it and everyone who heard what he just said subscribe to his show check it out it's an amazing show max <laughs> thank you so much for being on my podcast man i really appreciate your time and all the jokes and the nuances and good luck <laughs> with everything with the stand-up dude i mean hats off to you for doing that man yeah thanks dude um yeah uh if the bits weren't funny, people, um, well, that means you're just suck, and I'm trying to be, and I'm, I'll become better. <laughs> he, he's just, he's just gonna say two words for you. I'm just Fuck starting out. You <laughs> no. fuck off. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, Max, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Folks, check out some of his episodes at Comcastro.com, iTunes, Comcastro Podcast. Uh, follow him on Twitter if you use social media or on Twitter. Uh, he's Like I said, he's a great guy. He's got some great guests on his show, and he's got more coming. I'm so excited about hearing those conversations, especially the one with Amber Nash because I'm a big fan of Archer. And uh, she plays, uh, if you guys listen to Archer, or if you listen to Archer, if you watch Archer, she plays the voice of Pam. You know that character? Awesome character. Hilarious. So uh, stay tuned for that. Max, good luck with everything. Uh, again, thank you. All right, guys. So we're now at the uh, closing end of the podcast. Uh, you guys already know the drill. So you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Vine at Roel Santos Jr. You can also email me personally at RoelSJR at gmail.com. If you have a question, comment, or maybe you want to be a guest, you can definitely do that. Um, I'm working on my, my website right now. I'm doing it by myself. It's taking a little bit of time. I do apologize. I'm also working on a Patreon account too. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. And also, did you notice the, uh, the new, uh, sponsor is a uh, Gamefly. So check out that free 30 day trial. There's so many different games to choose from rather than having, you know, nowadays you can't go to Blockbuster. You're kind of almost forced into buying these things. Uh, Gamefly will deliver it right to your door. So, uh, Check them out before you buy it. You know, I probably should have done that a couple of times the last few years because I got some games that I don't like. Anyway, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Stay tuned next week because that's episode 25. That's the big one. So uh, be on the lookout for that. All right. So uh, you have been listening to the world of Roe. I am Roe and you're not. And let's stay tuned as the world of Roe continues to turn. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.